welcome to Behind the Story, where we discover the story behind your favourite stories. My name's Lisa Renee from the Collaborative Press, and I'm also a Christian romance author. And I'm Naomi Craig, historical fiction author of Rahab's Courage. We've got a great show lined up today um, with a Bible trivia faith off, and we've each got a new release out into the world. That's right. Um, but first, we just want to say congratulations on the winner of last episodes. Of, we had Eleanor Burton, and the winner is posted in our show notes. So do check out if your name is there. So joining today, we have, yes, ourselves, uh, Naomi Craig. Um, she writes historical fiction set in Bible times. She loves reading the Bible and imagining how things were at the time. When she's not regaling social media or trying to stay on top of mountains of dishes, you'll most likely find her enjoying a good book and a cup of coffee or trying to convince her rescue dog, Freeway, to be cute on command for Instagram Reels. Naomi's debut novel, Rahab's Courage, released August the 17th. So welcome my co-host, Naomi Craig. Yay, thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. So um, I've read this story a long time ago, well, at least a year ago, um, and as part of the critique group, I was really excited and really amazed by Naomi's talent and bringing this story to life, and I was quite surprised so but first from you Naomi tell us what's the story behind the story um, for Rahab's Courage. Absolutely Rahab's Courage is based off of the book of Joshua there's a woman named Rahab who is in Jericho and she helps um, Israelite spies as they're coming in to conquer the land um, and so the spies are not named in the bible and so I just had this thought what if one of the spies was her biblical husband later on she's actually part of jesus's lineage um so then i just kind of went with that um turns out everybody who writes biblical fiction has written about rahab um so it wasn't necessarily a new idea but um i'm i'm really excited because the lord has just brought this story out into fruition and and I, I feel like somebody needs to hear this this version of rahab's courage so um i'm i'm very excited also too thank you to the biblical fiction readers who just want all of the books because <laughs> they don't really care how many people have written about rahab they just want to read all of it so i'm very thankful for that so yeah, definitely. And I mean, I mean, that's the same, like, see in romance, people like a trope, they like enemies to lovers or something, they get hooked on a, a certain thing, even, but it's a different take of it or fake fiance or something like that. They, they love that. So biblical fiction, and even they like Rahab's story, but right. you've definitely, um, you know, brought it to light and her character and, you know, true to her and to her, what her profession was and how, how she was in the beginning. And then, you know, Salma's struggle with that and, um, as she develops and gets to know the ways of Yahweh and learning and how she changes but the struggle with the old life and and all the shame and all that kind of stuff it's just a beautiful redemption story so well done um, you. you did an awesome job with that so and you're getting some great reviews coming in um, so let's get on to our uh, trivia we're going to ask each other five questions each and see how we go. We, I um, tried to find the most obscure stories and random stuff that, <laughs> like one <laughs> sentence in the Bible. <laughs> so really like picking on Naomi. Um, so would you, you like put to put me to the test here? We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> now I know Lisa's got a pretty good Bible knowledge too, because she always checks me and calls me on my, scriptural content so um but i i you never know what does the other person what random trivia does the other person hold on to so yes. this will be interesting <laughs> cool. all right so <clears throat> number one what did the prophet elisha make float in the river Cool. Well, I actually do need this one because Elijah and Elisha um, are some of my favorite stories years ago. <clears throat> As a new Christian, I just love reading those, those the book of Kings um, over and over again. So it is an axe. 
that's right yeah yeah. (laughs) like waiting for the rest of the yeah it was um it was a loaned axe and the prophets are like hanging out together and they're trying to expand and do ministry and make better places for the prophets to live and he loses the axe in the river which you know an iron axe head is gonna sink so it's really neat how even something small like a borrowed axe head is important to the lord so yeah that's what I, I just love that's just so cool you know like well just say sorry to the guy they you know we sorry we lost your axe but yeah a miracle happens you know I and you can have my child to pay off the accent like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well that could happen back in those days yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. some strange stuff went on and there was the story about the the um the water was salty or something or poisonous or something no he put salt in it to make it better or something. yeah there was like a um elisha's got some crazy stories yeah. there's yeah. there's some poisonous gourd that made it into the soup and they realized it and they're oh. like man of god there's death in the pot and so he throws <laughs> flour or something like a normal kitchen item yeah so yeah it's not the item it's the lord's power that yeah that neutralizes it so yeah pretty awesome yeah cool i love those stories Okay, so my question number one, um, which who was the leader um, in the in the Old Testament at the time um, when there's there's a story in the Bible or when um, the ground opened up and swallowed a crowd of people? Uh, the leader of that was Moses. Was that in? It was either in Leviticus, Numbers, or Deuteronomy, um, yep. and they were disobeying the Lord, right? Yeah, it's in Numbers um, 16. So I've got a part two to this question, which is like my question number two. Um, So, yeah, what did he do or instruct to stop um, it from continuing? That's crazy. Um, I know there's some pretty extreme measures he uses to stop plagues and death. it's not the, the, like the golden calf was ground up and sprinkled in water and then they had to drink it. Um, I don't know. I don't, like, did they spear somebody? Was that a spearing somebody? Uh, no. No. <laughs> no? <laughs> You're going to die too. <laughs> I don't remember. They had to repent, but I don't remember what they... Yeah, so the stories in Numbers chapter 16, 31. Um, so if anyone wants to check it out, and I sort of was just, I, as far from memory, it was like an incense. They had to run in the line with the incense. So we'll put the reference, the proper um, reference in there. Um, yeah, so um, cool. Your number two? Yeah, if you, um, if you know these, um, comment below your answers and tell us how many you get right of these. Let's see what sort of... Bible trivia connoisseur you are um see if you can (laughs) if you can beat out Lisa or I on our on our numbers right so all right uh number two this is found in the book of Judges who was the left-handed assassin who killed the obese super fat king Eglon okay well, I could just make up some random name. <laughs> I do know that story and it's really gross that, yeah, you just said like he's pretty much his hand and sword or what the knife got swallowed up or something by his fat. Well, that's what I imagined when I read it. Um, yeah. I know what the story, but I don't know his it's, name. It starts um, with an E, actually. They're both E's. Okay. Does that help? Eliab <laughs> or Eliash or something. <laughs> I would be just guessing Iliam. His name is Ehud. Okay, Ehud, no. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty, like, so Ehud is mentioned as being left-handed, which would get him in because he's going to go into the king and, you know, being right-handed, you'd be patted down on the left-hand side to see if you're going to, got a secret weapon, but being that he was left-handed, nobody thought to pat down his right side for a weapon so he gets he sneaks in and does this whole assassination on the king wow, <laughs> and, there you and go. some he locks the door and then some translations say that he sneaks out through the king's latrine to escape and nobody knows this poor king well not poor king he was a he was a 
evil king, but nobody knows he's dead for a while. So shame on the shame on the guy who didn't search the left-handed man. Shame on all the servants there. All right. Well, I guess all the training now um, for assassins is uh, <laughs> that that trick has been exposed. <laughs> so that can't get used again. All right. Well, I've got a number, my official number three. Um, name one of Job's daughters. So I'm talking about after everything's restored at the end of Job. It's in Job chapter 42. Is it a... Oh. I know they're more beautiful than all the ladies in the land. I think both the first set and the second set of daughters were <clears throat> were stunning. Um, is it a common Bible name or is it just an obscure name? Um, there are actually people named today after, do you know any Old Testament girls' names other than Deborah and Esther <laughs> <laughs> and Hannah? Uh, I mean, I know, I know quite a bit, but I don't, I'm none of them ring enough. Yeah, I probably wouldn't have known. It's just my friend named her daughter this. Um, so then I knew that, but then I was surprised there is another name that's quite common that that's been used for centuries. I give up. Okay. I give up. Well, it's actually three daughters. I thought he had four, but when I looked it up, um, so Kezia is the one that I, my friend's daughter is named Kezia. It's quite a pretty oh, that's name. That's pretty, yeah. Yeah, um, and Jemima. Um, so that's J-E-M-I-M-A-H. And then a rare, weird one, Kezen Hapuk, H-A-P-P-U-C-H, so Hapuk. Do you have um, do you have Aunt, Aunt Jemima's syrup? Like a, no. <laughs> like a fake syrup, not maple, not, not maple syrup. Oh, right. No, no, no. I don't know that brand. No. That's funny. Uh, now it's known as like a... Um, old southern name so obviously it's even older and more south than southern usa how funny yeah well yeah we know we have jemimas here in um australia so the probably the british do east do so cool number you do you have a question for me uh yeah excuse me um in the new testament what was Luke's occupation? He was the one who wrote the Gospel of Luke and Acts. What was his occupation? Dr. Luke. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what he was a doctor of, probably medicine or something, but um, I know I remember him being called Dr. Luke or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they had other kinds of doctors at that time. It, was, it would have been a physician, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Okay. Um, all right, this is another weird and wonderful, interesting thing that happened in the Old Testament. Um, who, uh, so Saul was, when he was king, um, he asked a medium, a witch, sort of, um, a, a, whatever you want to call her, a medium, I guess, um, to raise someone from the dead. He wanted, had a question for a dead person. Um, who did he um, want to speak to? That one is Samuel. Samuel had already died and... I don't know why Saul wanted to talk to him because he never listened to him during his life. So <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird story though, isn't it? Because you don't like most Christian denominations don't believe that you can raise people from the dead. Like yeah, you want to live, to want to die. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, you know, I was until I read that because, you know, you have clairvoyance and so, oh, that's probably what she was called clairvoyant or something. But um, yeah, and that's, yeah, speaking to someone on the dead and that's and the weird thing is is that he did <laughs> Samuel yeah. did he was like why have you woken me up <laughs> right he's like he's super mad at Saul you've messed up again what is your problem <laughs> yeah so I guess in the old testament I mean there's all different um theories and doctrines and what you know when people die since Jesus rose again like since Jesus rose um what happens to someone if they sleep or they're resting in paradise or they actually mm -hmm. haven't so won't go into all that part yeah in the old testament it was you know I guess it seems to be paradise and Hades and um yeah which they are resting and so whether that you know anyway do not practice do not practice. Not, not practice a good idea. It says in the Bible, do not do that. Do not do try not and talk to the dead. 
Just pray to Jesus, please. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Another question. That's funny. Um, all right. So which of the tribes of Israel were prohibited from owning land in the promised land? The Levites, because they were the priests. That's right. Their, um, their inheritance was the Lord. So, which is pretty cool to look at, but. <laughs> I have a hair the Lord. You just survived. Like, <laughs> like walking around. Hey, you should see my house. Well, you should see I've got God. So <laughs> I'm special. I'm special. <laughs> and they and the um part of the offerings and stuff they were provided for, like given food and all that kind of stuff, um, were able to take portions. Yeah, the tithe. Yep. Mm -hmm. Part of that would go towards them. Yeah, and um, which is, you know, today, I guess, you know, pastors and stuff, they yeah. run like, the tithe, the congregation giving yeah. to support them. Yeah, cool. All right. Um, so what you've learned today is do not practice <laughs> witchcraft and make sure you tithe. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And uh, Kezi is a nice, pretty name if, you've got a, if you're pregnant with a girl. <laughs> There's not just Hannah and Esther. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's why my girls' names are all my boys' names are biblical, and then the girls have got sort of like a different <laughs> sort of. It's sort of got a little bit about Annalise. That's uh, there was an Anna, um, and Elizabeth sort of Lise comes from Elizabeth, and then um, yeah. Michaela, which is sort of like the Michael Dark Angel Michael, but Michaela the girl's name. But uh, you yeah, call him I, a Dark Angel or an Archangel. Archangel. Okay, I'm like, I don't think he was a dark angel. <laughs> what version was of the a Bible good guy? <laughs> cool. All right. Now this is something weird, and um, it's not talked about because it's only one line in the Bible, and it's not really enough information to make any assumptions or scriptures. But it shows you something was happening back then. Um, in the so yeah where and who talks about um about the baptism for the dead like being baptized for on behalf of a dead person um at, you know it's kind of triggering like you kind of know this somewhere in my brain is that is that paul does he say something about that yes yeah yeah yes, yeah <clears throat> it's just a random sort of line and he's just talking about so in um, 1 Corinthians 15, 29, it, uh, he says, if the dead will not be raised, what point is there in people being baptized for those who are dead? Why, why do it unless the dead will someday rise again? Um, yeah. So anyway, sounds like people were practicing that um, yeah. in the, just, you know, around his time. Um, but obviously we don't practice it now, but. I don't think the Catholics practice that. I don't no, um, I give money no, to, to purgatory, so to get people. I have heard of it, but I don't. Um, I'm not sure who who currently is, or you know, is that just hearsay? Like, is that one of the? Ooh, that's one of those legends, you know, that you hear from from those people. So, yeah. So, um, it was. It's not. I haven't heard of anyone, any denominations or cults <laughs> or anything practicing um being baptizing on behalf of the dead so yeah but anyway it, there's this just random line there that's like to be a bit controversial like this is weird it, yeah yeah but you know the bible is definitely rated not rated g it's not a light and fluffy there's a lot of controversial definitely controversial but also just really random things it's like what was this cultural or was this a one-time event or there's a lot a lot of crazy things happening in the bible yeah and we could talk about a lot of controversial things and opinions about stuff um cool all right we'll move on one more. all right my last question for you um in reference to rahab's courage um who was the fifth generation so we have rahab here her son their son, their son, their son. Who was the, the, I guess her fourth grandson. Who was her fourth grandson? Okay. Well, I don't know exactly in order. I know a few of them in the line. Um, I would think you might pick King David. 
<laughs> very the, good oh, yeah that's and it. all that kind of stuff. yeah king david yeah one? yeah yeah that's cool. it yeah nice so. job so we have rahab her son was boaz and that um all right yeah he's, he's mentioned in ruth yeah. um and then boaz's son was obed and obed was jesse and then jesse's son one of jesse's sons was david so well yeah. done yeah okay i do know those ones but i forgot that boaz was under rahab yeah so that's interesting so yeah yeah it's really interesting because well, right away he's in like it's not long that she's plugged away you know so and so we got so and so and so and so it was it was really quickly into her story that the lord started bringing to fruition um his plan for the messiah so mm. so in ruth in the book of ruth does is it mentioned boaz that his mother is rahab or Selma? um or i know his, his, it does say his dad it does say yeah, okay. Selma. Uh, or yes. Salmon, depending on um, different books in the Bible, will sell, sell it differently. So sometimes um, it's Salmon is the father of Boaz, but I'm not, I don't remember if if mom is mentioned in Ruth or not. No, because it's I think in the New Testament when they do the lineage of Jesus, they do one with the males, don't they? They do the one they mention the females as well. Like, yeah. So the there's in the book of Matthew, Matthew one, there is um, five women who are mentioned who are associated with it but usually it's typically it's the males it's yep. the father <clears throat> so yeah there's they're all scandalous ladies too like um <laughs> you know tamar was um yes. was had children through judah um and then uh, rahab was a canaanite harlot and then bathsheba was another man's wife and then um let's see tamar Rahab, Bathsheba. I'm missing somebody. Who am I missing? Someone who wasn't. Ruth. Ruth was a Moabitess. And so that yeah. was okay, against yeah. policy. And then Mary was an unwed mother. So yeah. a lot of scandalous things, but that just leaves it open for God's grace to be even more amazing, you know, like. Yeah. All right. We actually have a question as well from um, Carrie. She wanted to ask a bit about it. So what made you want to write about Rahab? And is this your first biblical fiction novel? Um, yeah, so this is my first biblical fiction novel. Um, Rahab, I, I mentioned how it was just came to my mind how I wonder if one of those spies was her biblical husband. And I just kind of played with that. Um, and, and as far as um, it was just, it just, uh, I don't know. I think, I think like you've mentioned Rahab's story is quite spectacular. You know, she's, she, she commits treason against her own city. She saves the spies um, and steps out in faith. And um, I just tried to show I mean, when I, when the Lord's teaching me something, I don't instantly obey and know, like <laughs> it takes me a while to get things. Um, so I just tried to, to show in a realistic light, what would she look like if she's, if she's coming out, the Bible does say she was a harlot. Um, if she's coming out of that background, she's going to have a lot of baggage. She's going to have a lot of emotional baggage. Um, she's not going to know how to interact properly. Um, mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily, yes, she had the faith, a faith that was so strong that's mentioned all the way into um, Hebrews in the Hall of Faith, and she's mentioned in James for her faith. Um, it's so strong, but I, I think that the Lord allows us to make those really bold movements, mm -hmm. and then sometimes we kind of have to catch up with ourselves, and then like, you know, it's not like we're all the time going to be amazing and bold, you know, um, so just to show this, the, the process of her assimilating into the nation of Israel. And um, I mentioned it in my Balaam book, but just before they cross the Jordan, there's another plague, another one of those crazy plagues, um, because the Israelites have gotten themselves involved with harlots and worshiping idols and eating the food sacrificed to idols. Like, so why would the Israelites be accepting of a harlot you know like I, I there's a lot of um social in injustice there that happens that how i how i pictured it so 
-hmm. like she, they're not going to just be like oh yes come into our fold because you're a harlot they're just it, it seemed like it would be like whoa hold on are you sure that you're changed are you really sure like because yeah <clears throat> we've we've been burned before so yeah that's it and and she had a yeah a time to to transition and to learn the culture and then yeah other people judging her and holding that against her her power yeah which is something like yeah we can use and that brings on to the next um one of the next questions how is this no novel relevant for today well i think the word of god is always living like it's <clears throat> it's very relevant for today and as far as like the stories of the people um like i said there's social inequality um she deals with due to her past as a harlot you know whether that was something she was she was forced into and sold into or if she chose it <clears throat> it's still you're going to come up with a lot of baggage so she struggles with mental health and that's a really big thing it's it's getting talked about more um i love seeing it, it popping up in novels like in in yours polarized love and i know i believe you've done some of your other novels you talk about that too right like in more than a second chance and yeah yeah like i love that it's getting more normal to talk about mental illness um because <clears throat> we have such a stigma against you look fine why aren't you acting like you're fine like mm -hmm. it's not if you were wearing a cast on your leg i would not ask you to run a marathon that would be foolish you know but with the mental block you don't necessarily see why this person is reacting this way so mm -hmm. i hope i did honor to that um yes and you definitely um you know modern day a lot of people dealing with trauma things that they happened in their past so whether it's childhood or whatever and we don't know rahab's full story like when she was sold into prostitution or whatever or why she had to to use that method for income and but also the trauma of you know she wouldn't have been enjoying her job you know like she'd been used and abused and right. um, treated harshly and you know not necessarily like knowing that there's a way out either and then all of a sudden here come these Israelite spies and, you know, she can start to feel hope like, huh, maybe I can do it differently. Yeah. You know, so. um, Carrie also asked what biblical research, tell us a bit about how you go about your biblical research. Well, there's not a whole lot um, documented for Rahab's time period. So that does give a little bit more flexibility um, as far as um, like, and obviously that's not, this is not biblically accurate because if you look at a movie or a TV show, you can um, imagine what the biblical world would have looked like, but obviously mm. they didn't have cameras. So yeah. um, reading a lot of other um, biblical fiction novels to kind of get the feel of the land and using um, Google Earth and stuff, you can kind of look at the, mm. <clears throat> the, the landscape, if you will. Um, and then also through the scripture, you know, finding not only is she, you can know who someone is by who their children are too. So her son is Boaz and you see a lot of Boaz's character in the book of Ruth because he marries Ruth. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of, you just kind of see the big picture. Um, there's, there's a, I did a prequel um to kind of look at it from the other perspective of Salma's brother and you know what they were like who Salma was and why he was so rigid on on his um his stance on the you know he was very if he was a couple thousand years later he would have been a really good Pharisee like <laughs> doing it to the letter of the law but not looking at the spirit of um what love meant you know and so to try to show that um and so you see a lot of their back culture too by looking at earlier in numbers where you have those crazy um earth swallowing events and donkeys talking and stuff like that so you can kind of look at the before and the after and kind of fit together what's happening here and now yeah awesome great Okay, and so there is some bonus mat material. Um, you go to naomicraig.com and you can get the prequel if you prove your um, purchase. Uh, 
even probably downloading on Kindle Unlimited, I suppose. Celebrate Lit is the publisher, so they'll work that out. Um, but I know it was for pre-order and the week of launch, so just check um, when you watch this video whether that's up to date. But um, but Naomi does give away also when you subscribe to her newsletter, um, the story of Balaam and the Talking Donkey. Cool. So also, um, so that's August the 17th that Nomi's book came out and my books um, come out on the 24th of August. And that is um, Fake Identity at Stake. It's a Christian rom-com. So yeah, it was interesting. I had this manuscript um, written last year, uh, the end of last year, November, but mm -hmm. I, I had someone read it and um, she thought, yeah, it's definitely a rom-com. So yeah, the rom-coms are very popular at the moment. I've sort of seen there was a bit of a gap in the market with Christian rom-coms. So there's lots of sweet and clean rom-coms coming out, which, um, you know, which is great, you know, you, you know, that you're not going to get anything nasty in there. So, and they're fun to read. Um, but, the, and then some really great ones with some really great character development and, and some meaty, you know, takeaways as well. But I chose to do, um, mine to have a to be Christian as well and have a spiritual arc um, involved so yeah yeah so and that's really cool too so is um, fake engagements I have to like really think about what I'm saying because <laughs> their names are so similar to me yeah. <clears throat> fake engagement mistake is that is that meant to be a prequel or is it kind of like parallel to fake identity um, it is actually so it's a separate story of a couple that is in the same country town and Jake from book one, Fake Identity at Stake, is talked about and Ethan, another character. So the town set up, the, the town gossip and all that is all in yeah. there. And um, But it is a story in itself. Um, and so I'm off, I have that for free as an ebook and now an audiobook. Um, so you can subscribe to my audiobook newsletter, which just comes out um, not as frequently or the if you like some people actually prefer ebook and um, they don't listen to audiobooks so um, so we just so that one they're for free as well but they're a separate story they set up and um, I wrote that after so I wrote fake identity at stake first and then I thought oh, I'll do a bonus giveaway you know to get people in the series because it is a new series and it is a new sort of a bit like a new genre for me uh, although like a lot of my stories have a lot of humor in it like polarized love is you know majority romance and I haven't promoted yeah. it as a rom-com although it's quite funny like and lots of fun yeah it's got in. some fun fun elements so yeah <clears throat> so I just listened to um if you don't listen to audio this is definitely a chance this is a free audiobook um it was fantastically narrated um and it's just a fun story so even if you don't this is i mean it's free so there's there's definitely um benefits to purchasing or to to getting that from lisa's for from her download um it's a great story it's it is it is sweet and cute and funny um you know with a fake engagement and i love how it's just like usually when it's a faking a fake marriage or fake engagement trope like nobody else knows about it so they have to like tiptoe around everybody i love how you actually included the friends in with that one too that was pretty fun yeah i try to uh that sort of there was a group of friends sort of involved in the series and i think that's nice to connect connect the country town and like have have friends and stuff so yeah it's a bit different um my first series is actually like the characters main characters are like in their 40s um mainly uh, the first two and the the second one is they're in the early 30s, like 30, 31. Mm -hmm. um, and the prequel was, you know, the guy's 28 um, and the girl is 23. So that was like a little bit of a thing why they didn't like, you know, didn't really see each other that way earlier on. They grew up together and that, but he was seemed way older. Paul in fake engagement mistake seemed way older. And so just saw her as a little sister and said, so now things have changed. She's getting older, obviously. And there's slim pickings in the small towns. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but anyway, so that's, it. yeah, it is a bit of a cute story. Um, fake identity at stake is a lot meatier as far as the yeah. character arc and the spiritual arc. And there's dealing with some um, deep issues in different parts. So, um, but it is very Yeah, fun. what's and the story behind, what's the story behind fake identity? 
Yeah, well, I actually wrote the story um, for an agent and to get published, which um, it went right through to them wanting to present it to a publisher. They really liked it. Um, so actually, it was a very good agent, a very well-known lady and um, one of the top agents in Christian fiction. And <clears throat> I just presented an idea for her and a sample chapter. And then she said, yeah, I love it. Send me the first three chapters. So I said, did that. I love it. Send the whole thing. So I had to write it. I hadn't wrote written it. <laughs> so I wrote that in like 30 days. Yeah. Gave it to you guys to um, look over my editor. And um, yeah, got it back to her for Christmas um, last year. And then it takes a long process when <laughs> you're trying to get traditionally published. And during that time, I was having a lot of more success with my other books and my series, going number one in different Christian categories with my debut, even though it was published in 2019, still was able to do promotions, hit the number one in Amazon. Yeah. So um, learning other things like Amazon ads and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah, I guess, um, I do like the self-publishing and I do like marketing. I know not a lot of people don't like doing that, but um, yeah, I like the challenge of that and building a business. I've always done businesses and marketing. So in the past, so yeah, I just, um, I thought if I do sell this manuscript, I won't have control over whether it becomes an audiobook. Um, is the, pub the publisher that I, the, they were going to go for probably wasn't, wouldn't have done audiobook for it. So yeah, so I decided, hey, um, I know the industry and the trade industry is a bit up and down at the moment with all, you know, bookstores, you know, with COVID and everything not being, a lot of people, I've heard that it's been like a switch before. It was like 70% or something, people buying paperbacks and then 30% eBooks and it switched to 70% eBooks and 30% wow. <laughs> really huge switch. So um, yeah, being on Amazon, being on eBook is the best and that's well I do I'm doing marketing and so a publisher is the advantage of a publisher they're getting the print books you know hopefully in stores and that kind of stuff but it's just like 30 days you've got to prove it it's got to do well in those 30 days and then after that they don't really do much with your book so um yes yeah, so I thought no nah, I'm going to keep this one and maybe down the track I might think about publishing maybe and the industry's a bit better um so, yeah, so it was really exciting to find this narrator who's a Christian narrator. Um, at first, I was sort of searching on Find Away Voices and there was a lot of narrator samples they gave me and, you know, they'd done erotica and other stuff as well <laughs> or whatever. And I was like, oh, I don't really want that name to be on my Christian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I found a narrator which narrated Donna Lane's um, fantasy um novels um one of our critique partners and yeah she was able to contact, yeah. contact mim drew for me and she's an actress in la and she does an amazing job so i've got some samples on youtube on both books uh she did the narrated the novella and fake identity at stake that'll be probably up um i don't know how long it takes to publish it online but um people can buy it direct from me the author and i'll, I'll get it from me directly until it's available um you know on apple books and audible and all that kind of stuff but september will be available for public uh for yeah. um yeah so i'm doing a giveaway as well so um it's the retail price is 14.99 for a audible audio book and so i'm doing a giveaway and also it's actually my two-year anniversary from my first um published novel my debut so which was more than a second chance so the single again series um yeah started off um august the 31st 2019 so it's two anniversary so i'm giving away one of my favorite books from the series which is polarized love <laughs> which i'm just saying you know it's an awesome story deals with mental yeah. health there's sort of a bit of a love triangle there and it's quite like the first six chapters are very rom-com style but there's some deep themes and some Christian really thought-provoking um, themes in there. So um, Naomi has some paperbacks in the US for me and I have some in Australia. So um, it's open to US or Australian residents and so whoever wins will get a paperback and we'll have a giveaway as well for an audio book of my new release, um, Fake Identity at Stake. <laughs> 
Now, how did you, so if, um, I'm not sure if you've mentioned it yet, but so fake identity is, Caitlin has to go into witness protection. She's seen something she can't unsee, and now the bad guys are out to get her. She goes to this um, small town that we've talked about for fake engagement. And um, so she has a wig, she has contact lenses. So she's a completely different identity. Um, starts out very humorous with her neighbor. Um, and of course they fall in love and, and um, you know, there's lots of twists and turns and lots of underwear and lots of great Dane humor. <laughs> uh, yeah, boxer shorts. <laughs> Let's clarify underwear. Let's, it is Christian fiction. Box, bo yeah, sorry. No, it's it's the, the guy's wandering around and it's boxer shorts. So it's very funny. <laughs> There's a couple of mention of boxer shorts. Uh, yeah, so I try to stay away from suspense and it's not a romantic suspense, but it does sort of have some suspense, but it's not on page danger like a really major yeah. there are some incidences but they end up being quite funny because yeah. that's the rom-com so don't worry if you like me and <laughs> a it's bit of a scary i promise <laughs> no blood. uh yeah well the chickens do get mauled but um you don't really get to see much of that <laughs> but um yeah so it it's uh I guess I am stepping out a bit doing this new genre and like doing yeah. a, a, a cartoonish sort of graphic cover, but it's quite a pretty one and all that. But mm -hmm. yeah, so um, yeah, it's able to lend itself to rom-com because of the situation, the mistaken identity, I guess, is one of the tropes. So, um, and makes it, sets it up to be even funnier than normal, normal um, tropes and that kind of stuff. So yeah, so I ran with that and then, so we had the, I tried to avoid the suspense, but someone said like, even though there's sort of an incident early on that's sort of resolved, someone said, it still feels like something's going to happen with this, you know, the hitman yeah. or something, something's going to happen. And um, so you sort of set that up. So you really need to, <clears throat> you know, fulfill that promise sort of thing. And because um, I'm focusing mainly, it's the focus is on the romance and stuff. It's a romance. Right and rom-com fun funny stuff so yeah so we have a little surprise at the end um and that's like but it ends up being yeah like a funny situation and that but so so yes yeah, so there's a little bit of a little uh, I guess you might call it a twist and there is yeah something that you feel in the beginning that isn't really resolved like she does something she breaks the rules um earlier yeah. on and you sort of look it feels like she gets away with that so and I was gonna have her get away with that sort of thing <laughs> but anyway so this little incident at the end is like yeah she didn't totally get away with it like <laughs> not following the rules of the FBI so yeah so how do you how do you research witness protection I imagine that's quite secretive yeah so that's a bit of a challenge and I guess it's um the cool thing about that you can be you know use your creativity and like how you think it would happen um so some of it's not you know 100% accurate you know it's my take of it but um it was interesting that Donna Lane in one of our critique partners she came up she like seemed to know a lot about stuff we were asking questions for this. she's going oh yeah da, 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 da. and we're like do you have a <laughs> what, how do you know <laughs> what, what did you do in your past what job did you have like you know so um that was interesting so she seemed to know about that but yeah I did google a lot try to got the terms and also yeah because I'm Australian reaching like who would be fulfilling these roles like the sheriff or the police you know the FBI WITSEC and all this finding out the terms and stuff so that was quite interesting um but yeah some of it I sort of played around with you know probably they don't wouldn't wear wigs but I have it in there that she, because that was going to be the fun thing that Jake found the wig and he was going to assume something else and go yeah, yeah. he was going to assume something different and that takes us to another theme a deeper theme that happens in the book so um so my excuse for her having a wig rather than changing a hair color and haircut is that she has never it's like my daughter, she doesn't cut her hair. She's got really long hair to her waist. And like, she'll let me, only me, not a hairdresser, like cut like an inch off, like the dry ends, maybe two inches or something now and every six months. So that's Caitlin's thing. And like Conway, the FBI is like, well, you can just cut and color it, you know? And she's like, he just doesn't get it. He's a man. Yeah. He does not get how long this has taken me to grow. And I like my hair and I don't want it to be blonde. And so she, she's got dark hair, so... 
she wears the wig, but then that causes some problems down the track. Well, she doesn't go, she doesn't go to Clear Creek County planning to fall in love either. So if, if he had just left her alone, it would have worked out just fine. But that adds to the comedy of the situation, of course. So yeah, that's right. So she could have, yeah, the case would be closed and she could have went back to where she came from or moved somewhere else. And, and there would have been no story. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been a bit boring. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody would care. She's um, Jake's fallen in love with Charlotte, you know, her alias. And to the point, you know, where he wants to get married to her and he's really fallen for her. And then, then he's like, finds out eventually. And then, you know, what does he do with that? Because she just lied and then there's all these other situations that really hurt him because of that that yeah. lie but she was had no choice so that's him having to I guess there's two sort of character arcs you know he is this good boy Christian sort of thing and um got his life in order is a perfectionist he's and he's a good guy and um yeah and then Caitlin is sort of like a newish Christian like she's been a Christian for a couple of years but she's sort of still finding her way she's sort of backslid and then sort of coming back to God and and trusting in God this time not trusting in man that other Christians that have let her down she has to come through that and find her own faith based on you know her relationship and so she's sent to this country where she doesn't know anyone and so she really does need to reconnect to to God and he's there you know yeah. for her and that yeah, um I explain the beautiful nature and beautiful um scenery of Clear Creek County these mountains and all that kind of stuff so um whereas Jake yeah has to yeah his concept of lying and this and that and then you know and then understanding Caitlin her situation so he's got he's got some stuff to to yeah and he's got to work through it too so Awesome. So what, what book would you say real quick, what hooked you on the rom-com genre? Well, uh, yeah. So as far as like the one I've written or other people's. Yeah. Which, which one that you've read? Yes. Like, Hey, I, I can do that. I can. Yeah. Which one? Um, you on? So I really love Melissa Ferguson's um, cul-de-sac wars, the cul-de-sac war. Um, that is so funny. It's so well done. She does a lot of detail of description as well, um, which I like to do a bit, not as much as her. She really full on with it, <laughs> but I do people comment a lot about my um, descriptions and stuff like yeah. that, other scenes and, and action. So, um, but her one was, uh, I didn't mind, but because it was from Thomas Nelson, I did have in my mind that it was going to be Christian fiction. And so it wasn't until like chapter 14 or 15 before they even mention like that she goes to church or something but there's no going to church of course or anything like that and um there is a later in a talking a little bit about the afterlife sort of thing but it's not the word heaven's not mentioned christian the word christian isn't mentioned so it's definitely not a christian fiction but it's um the characters they are christian and i think it's great you know how they they conduct themselves in their relationship and all that kind of stuff he he's um, seeing someone at the other time, but you don't see that he, which I think it's wise that they didn't have him kissing her or anything <laughs> because he's fall, you know, ends up falling in love with the other, his neighbor. But anyway, so I'd already written my um, story um, before I actually read that, but then I was seeing that maybe mine could be a rom classed as a rom-com. So to already written my story, I already like lighthearted humor. So mm -hmm. And I had a funny, yeah, so it wasn't like um, I thought it was going to be promoted as a rom-com. It was more the fake identity and I, my flavour already is right. fun and lighthearted. All my books have that um, funny banter and dialogue and um, flirting and sort of fun situations. But this one just really lent itself. So it wasn't really like I planned um, then I saw that rom-coms are very popular and sweet and clean and that, um, yeah, I was trying to find, oh, well, what Christians are writing rom-coms and there is a couple um, and now they're starting to do the covers like, but yeah, so there's not a lot. So I just thought, well, yeah, maybe I should um, promote it, like make a rom-com series, not just do this one. And like, I sort of set it up. There's another guy in there, Ethan, and he's quite fun and stuff. And so I already had him in mind of, for a book too, but 
yeah so that's how I ended up being rom-com excellent well well good on you that that turned out really good it's really fun to see the different styles and you doing it well um that's just great great job you're you just busted that out of course you just released another one a couple months ago so you're you're just you're just doing well yeah well um no filter is quite fun as well I made that quite funny um so yeah that one came out um June 22nd (laughs) (laughs) there you go right there (laughs) yeah so that that's a good uh yeah the guy in there he's like Ethan in my new one um yeah the guy um Chance he's quite fun and um a bit of a clown and Melissa's a bit serious so yeah he helped her to lighten up so yeah and you've got cute kids doing cute stuff so that makes it fun but um yeah yeah, that was with a different series and so yeah I just kept that like not promoting as a rom-com but yeah it's quite fun too yeah absolutely well cool well how can audiences get a hold of you Lisa okay so I'm on Instagram and Facebook but um lisareneauthor.com and we'll have links if you want the free novellas um fake engagement either on ebook or audiobook so we'll have the links down there and Naomi how can we get a hold of Rahab's Courage? Uh, the best way is through my website naomicraig.com um, I'm most visible on Instagram Naomi Craig author um, and I do have a freebie novella this is on Desolate Heights it's about Balaam and his talking donkey um, and you can there's actually some crossover characters from Rahab so if you're reading them in conjunction you might you might catch up on those um and yeah so it's that's that's the way cool and so we've got some great lineups for the rest of the year we've even got Rachel Huck um coming on I think she's in December so if you enjoy learning about new authors um you know just subscribe to either our YouTube channels or we have the podcast which is on Spotify and other channels so we'll have the links down there and um and so then you'll be notified when we come on so once a fortnight we'll release an episode and don't forget we've got lots of giveaways to celebrate my debut and Lisa's two-year anniversary and her latest launch. Um, I'll be giving away a copy of uh, Rahab's Courage and Lisa's got, um, aside from our freebies, there's um, a polarized love or, and, and, polarized love and, right? Yes. And fake in fake identity at stake, so. <laughs> you nearly went into Australian <laughs> accent there. <laughs> Did I really? <laughs> and the audiobook is by an American and she's uh, done such an awesome job. So you can listen to that on YouTube. I might put the links on there as well. So thank you for joining us for this edition of Behind the Story. Until next time, let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. God bless. Bye. So thank you again for joining us today on Behind the Story with Naomi and Lisa. Don't forget to click on the links and subscribe to our YouTube channels and you'll keep up to date with our author interviews. Have a great week. God bless.